Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Andrew Muscovy and I'm joined on this episode by Mark Douglas and as usual there is plenty to discuss in the world of Newcastle United. We talk about that statement released by the club after the transfer window, we talk about the players who didn't come in, the one player who did, Santiago Munez, we talk about whether the squad has got enough to survive relegation this season and of course the pressure on Steve Bruce going in to the next few games after this international break and there's a little bit of chat about a company's house update and whether it's significant towards the takeover. All that and more coming up on the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. I'm your host Andrew Musgrove and I'm joined as you can see by Mark Douglas. Plenty to talk about in the world of Newcastle United. We have the statement from the club last week as well as the transfer window and we'll go through Mark's analysis of all of that in a moment but today there's been a little company's house update Mark and um people certain certain people on Twitter are getting a little bit excited about it um you know it's more in hope than expectation and what I'll do I'll, I'll just explain to you guys um who are watching and listening uh, what's happened and then we'll talk a bit about it so essentially as I say company's house update with the NC UK Investment Limited Company which was linked to the Newcastle United takeover uh, there's been a new principal office uh, address added to the details and a new entity details as well which is catching people's eye it's now been listed as a corporation sole, whereas before it was listed um, as the public investment fund, i.e. a company. There's been no change in the office, officers, so al would remain listed. Um, and there's a lot of questions about what it means, Mark. I mean, I have a little look on Google and on Companies House to see if we can delve into it. And the definition of corporation sole is an individual person who represents an official position which has a single separate legal entity. I mean, it is all business jargon. We're no experts on this. There is a lot of excitement from certain quarters. I guess, Mark, though, the important bit about this is the date that it was actually submitted to Companies House, which was the 16th of July. Arbitration was officially delayed on the 20th of July. So you look at them dates and you would say, well, whatever this potentially means, I mean, it could just be housekeeping. It's probably been maybe and you know it's just maybe uh, rendered insignificant because of the fact arbitration has been delayed until early 2022 and that was announced four days after this was submitted to company's house mm, yeah i mean you know again we've been through a lot of a lot of the sort of company house company's house updates over the best part of two years um it's 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 significant if you're going to talk about significance is I suppose that that, that, that vehicle is being um, is being maintained. Um, it's basically to bring it in line with other um, other entities that, uh, that the public investment fund have um, in, in the UK. So the investment arm that invested in the McLaren racing team, same thing um, the other week. I, I, I mean, I'm assuming it's um, a legal thing. It's, um, you know, if, if it was specifically for the Newcastle United takeover, um, 
probably uh, you, you wouldn't see it. Maybe I don't think in some of those other businesses. And as you said, you know, it's it, it did happen quite a while ago. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the important thing is really that, that we're no further forward in, in terms of the actual makeover happening because the arbitration in the CAT case, both um, still scheduled for, for either next year or next month. Uh, and, and arbitration is the, is the key to getting things through. I mean, you know, I think in a, in a kind of, um, I think there's a lot of people would like um, somebody uh, to to sort of change the structure um, of the PIF to to um, enable a fast track process to, for the takeover to happen. But obviously, you know, it, it doesn't work that way because any individual um, that was going to take a controlling interest in Newcastle would have to go through the owners and directors um, test and nobody who's listed in this um, or, or, as part of NCUK would have the kind of wealth of the PIF. So, you know, you, you, I don't really know whether that's possible. Obviously, it's something that um, people are speculating on, but I, I think we have to be honest and say that, you know, there's nobody really at this point knows what it means um, for the takeover other than maybe the people involved. And, and, and look, I will say that we haven't heard anything from PIF for a long, long time. Um, all sorts of speculation around arbitration as well that whether they were as involved in the um in the bid as they uh, as they have been previously I, obviously we know amanda staveley and and her consortium are desperately trying to push it through uh, but obviously you need PIF there as well uh, you know i i think we all need to get on with our lives a little bit in the meantime obviously companies house updates is a quiet week because there's no uh, there's no match at the moment it's you know let's spec you know find speculate about it and and look at it but anybody sort of sitting there saying that this is you know this is a, the, the next step to the takeover happening is kind of ignoring the, the big elephant in the room which is that obviously arbitration still has to happen and that's scheduled for for early next year you know i wouldn't surprise me if there are things going on behind the scenes there are always things going on behind the scenes in, in these in these situations but you know there might also be other parties currently looking at newcastle united Thing we have to feel in the here and now a statement went out last week from newcastle united um about what they were doing made clear why they were doing what they were doing no mention of a takeover there it was very much the club is operating um as as business as usual at the moment and, and you know i think I, I, look if you want to put yourself through it again um you know go through the whole situation of what it might mean and you know the hashtag cans and all this business you know if you want to do that and you happy sort of going through it then fine you know obviously i would say the one thing that i think is obviously you know these shell companies get get um closed if there's no chance of any takeover happening the fact that that, that shell company filed accounts or filed a, a you know a, a accounts this year and obviously there are changes to it you know it could just be uh they could just get rid of it you know that is the point so i think it, obviously suggest that there's, you know, there's obviously still some hope there at some point but it's not an expensive thing to do to change these change these things and i would think that probably whoever it is is just doing that across all um all bodies but you know it, it, like i'm not somebody I can't, I can't give you the inside expertise the only thing i know is from from the last few weeks when i checked you know nothing had really changed and, and it was very much all all looking towards arbitration and all looking towards obviously the cat case that's coming up um, I wrote on Saturday, you know, that there are, you know, obviously the longer this goes on and the longer it goes on without without certainty, that the more likely that it is that it's going to be difficult to keep the IF involved. Um, 
they may end up going and investing elsewhere. But, you know, for me at the moment, the prospect of a, an immediate takeover feels, um, you know, still feels feels like a, a kind of fairly distant prospect, to be honest, at the moment. And we need to kind of deal with the here and now. But I understand it's great escapism on a very quiet Tuesday. Yeah, you mentioned there, people, or we all kind of need to move on. It would be a lot easier to move on if there was some positivity happening with the current owners and the current first team squad. You mentioned there the statement mark which dropped last week. And even after all these days that's gone on since that uh, statement has dropped, I'm still gobsmacked just looking through the contents of it. I don't even know really where to start to get your view on some of the, the, the kind of the things that were put across by the club. Um, is there anything, first of all, that stands out for you, which you want to address first of all, and then I'll, I'll pick on a, a, a few points? Well, I think what, for me, I can't wait is is for Friday to see Steve Bruce's reaction to it. Now, I think we all know that he's not going to go into battle with the hierarchy. It's not really his style. It's, you know, it's you know he is an employee of the club, so I can't see him criticising the club um, per se, but it notable, really, that it was, it, it felt to me, although it was aimed... You know, I think it was aimed a little bit at some of the the way the, the ways that um, you know we'd reacted to the the uh, transfer window. And I think there was a, there was always been the element of answering back um, to some of the media reports, but it felt pretty clear to me that it was aimed at anybody who'd said that Steve Bruce was unhappy with the way that the final the uh, the last few days of the window had gone, and it almost felt like a little bit of a challenge to to him to say, look, you knew exactly where we were. You were you were part of all those conversations. Um, we got Joe Willock in. We weren't expecting to do that. You knew what you knew what was happening. You knew what was coming after that. And you know, for me, it very much felt like a bit of a you know not. I wouldn't say it was a slap down to to Steve Bruce, but anybody who was going to say Steve Bruce didn't know the position they were in, it was almost like well he did, and we did really well to get Joe Willock in. It was what we we weren't expecting to do that. And that was above and beyond what we expected to do. You know, it was very much, you know, didn't have a name on it, but it felt very much like Lee Charney to me. I was sat, sat in his office and listened to the briefings. We weren't a million miles away from what he said in that statement. Um, but it was all there um, for you. So for me, the first thing was the Steve Bruce thing. It felt like, you know, that was very much a message that went for, um, for, for Steve Bruce. Secondly, you know, it, it was it was restating really what we um, what we know that they uh, that they say, which is that we can't spend any more than we get in, and we haven't no money's come in for the last year. So, so that that's where we are. You know, we can poke a lot of holes in it. For me, it felt like very much typical of Newcastle at the moment—a very cold statement, and then at the end, sort of saying we'll get behind us because you know um, we're better when we're all together. But you've got to earn that. Um, you know, talk of ambition, things like that. You know, for me. It feels like feels a bitter pill to swallow when you know that you know the ambition really at Newcastle United, as long as the this owner is in charge and as long as we're in the situation we're in, is just to stay in the Premier League. And I think that really isn't good enough. Yeah, you mentioned there. So in the statement, it's it said our commitments have been run in a sustainable manner, which secures financial viability on the club as a long-standing one. This does not come at the expense of being ambitious, and it is built on the core principle that we spend what we have and quite rightly a lot of fans turned around and said what ambition are, are you talking about here because under Mike Ashley we've seen uh was it two relegations we had that fifth place finish but other than that Newcastle have really been a side that just looks to avoid relegation and um 
the you know club quite rightly criticised for for that part where they, they did man, mention ambition. Well, it's not a stated aim, obviously, to stay in the Premier League. And they do talk about ambition. And it's been the one thing I think that's cheesed them off over the last few years is that people, when people say, oh, you're, you're only interested in staying in the Premier League, the states all say, well, we're not. We, we have other we have ambitions. We want to, want to cut run all these things. But there's a difference between saying it and what you actually do. Uh, and actually having a you know an objective, a, a mission um, to try and get better, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be throwing money at the football club. You know, you look at, Brentford, for example, and the way that they've improved year on year, there was some initial investment. But, but really, similar to Leicester as well, who obviously got, you know, did have some initial investment as well. If you sell your best players and reinvest that money in smart, um, smart recruitment, you can you can try and grow and you might not even have to invest. What Newcastle United aren't doing at the moment is even thinking differently and trying to do things differently. You know, we saw a slew of kind of contract renewals happened at Newcastle United where I think that, that was more for me indicative of anything that they did and anything that the statement says that told you where they are which is protect what we've got try and stay in the Premier League we don't we don't think that you know we'd rather renew Dwight Gale's contract for three years than sell him or you know let him go and 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 invest in something that may or may not get make us better but we, we know we'll you know, it might be a bit of a risk, but we know it, it. There's a chance that we're going to improve. There's no chance to improve when you're bringing in, when you're bringing back the same players every year, and then not adding significantly to them. You know, this is the same team that ended, the same squad that ended last season, and they ended last season well. But you know, it, are, is there enough there to take them forward? Clearly, in my opinion, not. You know, to say that they they only spend what they bring in, you know, that's not actually true because. The seasons when they have um, got relegated, Mike Ashley has bankrolled um, recruitment sprees. We know that because he did it under Rafa Benitez. And I've always wondered why, you know, clearly with Joe Willock, they they um, they bent the rules to, to bring him in. So why couldn't there be something else along those lines? Why couldn't they spend some of the TV money that's coming in over the course of the year? Because that's what other clubs in the Premier League have done. Now, they would say, well, we're risking, you know, and I don't think there's a problem with self-sustainability, but when it's when it's done the way that Newcastle do it, and there's been no investment spend for a long time at Newcastle, they are one of the only clubs. There's only three clubs in the Premier League that don't have a director of football and don't have um, expanded kind of football board um, as well. Their recruitment is, you know, it it feels a little bit haphazard to me. You've got Steve Nixon going and bringing in Rodrigo Vilca, Santiago Munez. But then Mike, then Steve Bruce wanted to bring in domestic-based players. It's like, what is the plan? What is the overall plan at Newcastle United? And we don't know. And they don't tell us what it is generally. You know, obviously they've released this statement, but, you know, they don't really sell the vision at all. Um, it probably isn't vision, really, in my opinion, no vision of, of what they are. So I thought the statement was, you know, I know there was, there was always going to be a bit of outreach around it. It told us exactly where they are as a football club for better or worse and we know now where they are and um it doesn't really change anything for me it, you know i i i kind of have, you know much like most of us made my opinion of the um of the current hierarchies thinking known a long time ago and, it, and nothing that they've done really since then has, has changed it um if anything i think they've got more insular in the last few years i would say look we've, we've demanded something from them this is something I don't agree with it, but it is something. I suppose that's the only the only 
the only thing that I would say um, is, is positive about it because the, the actual content of it doesn't really feel like it moves us any further. It's a sad state though, isn't it, when we're complimenting or praising for want of a better phrase, the club for actually releasing a statement when really you look around the Premier League and clubs just do that on a normal basis. And it's it's frustrating, I think, for, for journalists, but it's more frustrating for fans who just want to who just want to know what's going on with their club. Well, I mean, these kind of things matter when the team are losing games or they're not progressing. Obviously, you know, look, we've just had a situation where Manchester United's fans have been in outrage um, on the pitch stopping games from taking part and now they've just had a transfer window where it feels like those concerns have definitely been pushed to the back burner so not to criticize them and but if Newcastle United were doing better and and you know they were they kind of like were bringing the results probably those kind of things wouldn't matter as much in my opinion I think they they are important because they build the idea that football club is connected to its fans and it's connected to its people and it's it's moving in the right direction and I think you know you don't get one without the other in my opinion but, it, you know, let's be honest, it's, it, those kind of things matter more because the team aren't winning. Um, and I think it just shows what a mess, mess the club's in, really, because if you have to have to do that after a transfer window, says it all. But I just felt, you know, last Tuesday was just, it was just so familiar. I, I, I just didn't feel there was any, you know, I couldn't, even must, I couldn't even muster myself to get angry, really, because it just happens so often with Newcastle. Um, and I think what we've added to the last mix is, you know, we go back to the takeover thing. It, it, it felt more acute because we were so close to being in a different position. Um, but unfortunately, that's been wrestled away from us. And, you know, we don't know where it's going next. And probably why you've got people um, looking at company's house and hoping that something might happen there. Because there really, as you said, isn't that much happening on the pitch. Um, and, and we've just got to hope that they do. They do sort of start to put a few results together. I think they can. I think the team's squad is good enough. But, you know, there's a bit of debate over where Callum Wilson might play on, on Saturday. And, and I think that really tells you everything you need to know. What do they have behind that first 11, especially forward, especially striking-wise? They don't have much. And for them to then come out with the statement they did shows, I think, what Rafa Benitez has always said, which is decisions that Newcastle United are not made for football reasons. Um, and Steve Bruce is finding that out to his cost. It certainly is. I just want to talk about the kind of the bit where it obviously talks about Joe Willick's arrival and how they the, the usual approach is to pay fees up front, but they, they changed their approach to get Joe Willick in. We are delight we are beyond delighted to have secured him. Um and they're kind of saying, look, we've we've broken the rules yet to do that. So it, it's kind of like they want some gratitude. And you say, Okay, you know, actually you've gone out and you've got Joe Willick. I didn't think they were going to do that, but they've done that. But on the other hand, that's just what football club should be doing they should be pushing to improve and i get the whole self-sustainability and you know it'll be good for when a buyer does come along because i'll look at the books and it'll be in a good position but it's it's a massive gamble because this could backfire because you've only brought in one player um to improve the squad we know like you mentioned there forward steve bruce wanted a midfield he wanted a center back we know the improvements are needed all over the park so you know you can say look we've moved the goalposts to get him in we want to be self-sustainable, but come May, it, it might have all backfired. Well, and that's that's always the problem with the approach that Newcastle United have gone for is that you know are they going to be are they going to be in January scrambling around for a striker, scrambling around for a, for, a, for somebody to play midfield that kind of you know the Hamza Chowdhury role that 
that Steve Bruce has been desperate to bring somebody in for. I think if you've got two lone players in, he might have sat back and said, actually, we have quite well in this window. He hasn't got that in. And you say they are short in, in areas. And we know that injuries injuries happen. Um, Callum Wilson had two last season. You know, he's already had a little one this, this year. I think Callum Wilson, you know, I don't think he, he tends to miss a lot of games. But he will miss a few games. Alan Samaxman misses games. He's done that the last two seasons. What do they have behind that that first eleven? It's like you said, you know. Okay, yes, they bent the rules to get Joe Willock, but why, you know, why do you have to have the situation that Newcastle United have got, where you have to pay for um, your fees up front if it's not working? If other clubs are doing it differently and they're they're advancing on you, then then you have to think differently. Um, and for me, it looks to me like yes, self sustain, yes, sustainability is absolutely something that they should be admired for. But if sustainability, as you said, comes at the cost of putting their Premier League position in peril, then it, it's it's a false, you know, it's it to me it just doesn't feel like it should work. Um and and you know I think that that for me has always been the, the issue at Newcastle. You know, not enough people thinking about football and thinking about actually the athletic achievements that the football club should be doing. And too many people thinking about um sustainability and, and, and the financial aspects of it. They, you can do both. Uh, Benita has always said you can do both. There are ways and means of doing it. And Newcastle, you know, are, are unfortunately are quite, I think, set in their thinking. Um, and it, it, the frustration is that it's not going to change. I, you know, they've had so many chances to learn the lessons. And I don't think it's, I don't think for me it, it, it is going to change it. Sorry, I've just got to say one thing there. I have actually, I made a few inquiries about that. Stephen Maguire get back to me, obviously, you know, really well known for festival, and he said he thinks that this house it is really dull. So, um, I don't like to um, burst anybody's balloon and stuff. He did say he thinks it's spectacularly dull. So um, let's hope not. But uh, but you know, Kieran does tend to know these things. Um, just on on Joe Willett there, we the, when I read that bit of the statement, I thought, goodness me, there's no pressure on the lad now because it's <laughs> it's been made abundantly clear that you're the reason that we haven't got any more signings in. Yeah, and 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 you know, look, the the alternative that Newcastle were were looking at, I think I think the thing with Willock is it, it's very much like we knew in the summer that really Steve Bruce was pushing for Joe Willock and. If if he got Willick, it was going to be very much that's that's the budget, and, and he made the case. I mean, I think I wrote a couple of pieces in the summer saying, you know, there is no budget at Newcastle United. There's never a transfer budget. It's very much a case by case basis, and that was always the case. Um, he went and got Willick, and I think if he hadn't got Willick and he'd got somebody else, he probably could have got the two loan signings. He probably could have got somebody else, but Willick was the man he wanted. Felt he could come in like last summer. It was a no-risk strategy. He wanted to bring in players we felt would hit the ground running, and that's exactly what he feels with Joe Willock. Unfortunately, with Willock, he's not had much of a preseason. Didn't play much. Um, it was left relatively late in the in the day to actually bring him in. Um, so, and obviously they didn't get him over the line in time to play the first game either. So, he's got a bit of catching up to do. Um, and I also don't think you know that he will ever have a run like he had at the end of last season where he was scoring all those goals. You know, remember, he didn't play all those games. He was coming on as a sub for some of them. He's a young player. He's not played a lot of games. There'll be, um, you know, there'll be inconsistencies as well. I mean, they've built, they're going to build a team around him. They're going to build a midfield around him. So 
you know that's why he's here really because he, he, he fancies that chance like you said a lot of a lot of um pressure on him um for Newcastle not to bring anybody in on loan, I think, is, is the problem. We knew that there was not a lot of money. We knew what Newcastle did. But they are actually effectively saying as well, there wasn't even enough money to bring anybody in on loan. Um, you know, are they also saying that there's not the money there to, you know, sack the manager and pay the compensation? Well, you know, we know that Newcastle aren't going to sack Steve Bruce unless it gets absolutely dire. So maybe we are in that situation where, you know, the, the money's so tight um but they, they can't even do that but to me that feels you know they've come out and explained it in the statement but you know they will be getting money from tv deals they'll be now be getting revenue in from having fans back in the ground as well so it seems to me very you know a rigid way of thinking that isn't gonna isn't gonna benefit them just the final question on, on this statement i'll just read the final paragraph out because i know it did uh cause a bit of a stir. So having finished last season in 12th place in the Premier League and the top six of the form table over the final nine fixtures, the club at all level levels maintains a strong belief in this current squad. We have a talented and committed group of players who have shown they are fully capable of delivering and we ask all our loyal supporters to get behind the team because we are stronger together. Now, I mean, <laughs> it was a good finish to the last season, but that does kind of rub away the middle part of the season, which was absolutely dreadful. Um, a lot of people, including myself, I'd, look, there's a decent enough squad there, but I don't think it's going to be a comfortable uh, season. I think they may struggle. If Wilson gets injured, if Alan St. Maxim gets injured, or they get marked out of a game, lack of form, it's going to be difficult. And then the final bit, we ask all our supporters to get behind their team. I don't know about you, Mark, but do you sense... A little bit of worry from the hierarchy, maybe they've seen the attendances dropping, they maybe know what's coming. Uh, you know, they get beat off Manchester United and then they've got that Leeds game at home and they could see, you know, a significant drop in attendance numbers even further. I think I don't think they're necessarily worried because I don't know whether they I I think they've always looked at the noise as kind of outside noise and it you know it's we, we ignore it. We just get on with what we do. I, I think they've always felt like that. They, you know, they, they, they're there. Um, but they will start to pay attention if the kind of the seeds of what we saw against Southampton start to become a kind of mutiny. You know, you, it's going to be very difficult to ignore that. And I think maybe that's what that is a message for. You know, it feels to me like that the whole statement is very much like, look, we need to go. To, when, when they say we're stronger together, again, is that another little message for Bruce there? Because you know, there clearly has been some stuff said in that, in in you know, at the end of the window about how he would be frustrated. He expected a bit more. He was working on deals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. To me, it felt like that. That is a message for Bruce. It's a message for 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 him, but it's also a message for supporters and some of them who who um, aren't happy with what's going on at the moment. And you know, I don't think they get it. I don't think they understand why people feel fed up with the football club. Um, they feel they can't win. Fans feel that this lot can't win either. And, and it's just an unhappy situation at the moment. And, you know, you've got Steve Bruce in the middle of it, an unpopular manager, not winning games. It feels to me like a recipe for a, a trouble. You know, it, it's going to get nasty very quickly if they lose to Manchester United. They play Leeds on a Friday night. That, for me, has the feeling of something that could be potentially very, very nasty for um 
for for the uh, for the club if they lose that game as well because you could be getting into the end of September losing to a you know a team they should win they should they should they should be getting something from um, in that in that situation and I think that for me is the worry you know I don't think you know the attendances have been okay but the attack the atmosphere of the games has been powder cake has been on a knife edge um, and that is going to affect players it clearly is going to affect players down the line um, it's difficult to play in those kind of atmospheres. Well, we saw the chance or heard the chance rather against Southampton. Did you think that was a, a turning point or was it, do you think that it was ex- maybe expected from certain sections of fans, given, you know, we know how certain sections feel about Steve Bruce, given a lack of signings and given the fact that he is the public face of Newcastle United because well, other than this statement with no name to it, no one else comes out and helps him out? Yeah, I, I mean, if they didn't expect it, then they were being naive, really. I think... They, they underestimate the amount of frustration that there was last season with the way that the team were playing at their, their peril. You know, it was a very, it was, it, it had fans been in the ground when they were playing like that and losing those games. I think, you know, it would have been almost untenable for Steve Bruce. I, I do remember Alan Pardew having a situation where he was booed and he couldn't actually come out of the dugout because he felt it would have made things worse. I think, you know, <laughs> The, the situation last season was, you know, there was so much anger about the way that the team played. But then they did have a really good end of the season. They did start to play in the more attacking way. So it held off a bit of that. Um, but, you know, I don't think they've helped themselves by the way that they've... Some of the stuff that Steve Bruce has said hasn't helped him. Um, some of the stuff that's been around the club hasn't helped anybody either. And, and you know, I, I just think that he's been left left hanging a little bit by the hierarchy as well because they need to get they need to get and support him you know they need to get out and start talking and start giving reasons for um reasons for for, for what they do I think obviously they've done through this statement but it's not the same really they need Lee Charney out there giving reasons for what's happened and they you know they they need to be doing those kind of things I feel like the hierarchy is kind of you know a lot of them checked out they want to be they want to sell on they want to bring in people with new um, new ideas and, and and direction, but they just haven't been able to do that, and, and that has created a big big problem as well. So, you know, we'll see. You never know. Newcastle United, it's always a roller coaster, isn't it? It feels terrible at this stage. Hey, if they go to Manchester United and get something, and Manchester United weren't particularly good against Wolves, and were very poor against Southampton. Ronaldo, I don't think he's barely. You know, he's only started training with them today. Is he going to be ready to go? You know, you, you can start to build the narrative around that game where Newcastle United go in as firm underdogs. Maybe you get something out of it. They've, they've actually played OK at Manchester United the last two times they've been there. They've lost both games, but probably should have got something out of it. So can they get something? If they if they start to string results together, these, these kind of things get forgotten. But I have to say at the moment, um, I am worried. Um, Stephen Locke asks Mark whether you think they might sign a free agent and do you think if they get to January and they need some investments, whether there will be a budget there given that the TV instalments come in around that time or just after? There will be a free agent coming in. They've already got the, the squad um, will be kind of named. I think they're going to bring in four. They're going to have four goalkeepers. So, um, But there are some decent free agents out there, but whether or not, I mean, I don't think they'll, bring, they'll be looking to bring any of those in. It's very rare that Premier League clubs do these days, um, there are some good free agents out there. I, I like this one or two of them. A couple of the movies used to play for Newcastle as well. Um, budget in January, yeah, there will be some money there. Um, potentially for loan signings, obviously there will be. 
think in the statement said cash flows are you know not necessarily kind of recognized by a lot of fans but you know when the money comes in is not the same as having it you know it doesn't all come in in one installment so yeah i think we'll be kind of budget in january um we just have to hope that they get to january and they're in a half decent situation because at the moment you know obviously they've only got one point from from possible nine got a tough game coming up um and before the next international break i was just having a look there they've got games that really they need to start picking up points from because they've got leeds watford and wolves as the next three after manchester united and if they're still sat here without a win um you really would start to worry for them because after that it does start to get harder um you know they have spurs chelsea um uh, you know they, they have games where they need to start winning really they've got three coming um one after the other um after the manchester united game and really for me you know those those are very important games they need to get at least sort of four points out of that possible six to keep their heads above water uh, Penultimate yeah. question then, you mentioned earlier in the show the arrival of Santiago Munez. Uh, w- what do you know about him? Is it is there genuine hope he could break into the first team sooner rather than later or do you think this is a long-term project? Well, it's a bit like Rodrigo Vilca, isn't it? You know, he came in and, you know, I was speaking to people around him over the summer and, you know, I think at one point they felt he should stay at Newcastle because he, he wasn't a million miles away from the first team squad. But I think what worries me slightly about these signings is obviously Steve Nixon doing the doing the kind of like a lot of the work around these signings. How much, you know, how realistic is it um, for them to go and uh, get, bring him in, you know, be in the first team, you know, within 12 to 18 months when you've got a player like Elliot Anderson, who's really highly rated, been training the first team for a long time. He couldn't get in the team um, last season. So, you know, they're bringing them in at, Kind of seven, well, I think 19. Vilka was 21. Um, they're not young players at the age of 19, 20, 21. You need to be playing games. So, you know, I, I'm it's really interesting and I kind of applaud them for trying to do something different. Um, it's going to be tough for him, though. Um, you know, he's played at a different level. Uh, the, the game that he's been playing, the kind of the way it's the way it's played in different countries, it's very different from the Premier League. Vilka's gone and sort of bulked up quite a lot in the last um, in the last few um, last few weeks. And you know, you'd hope that when he goes to Doncaster, he'll have he'll have a really good run of games and manage to impose himself on that league, and then he and then he can kick on. But we saw with Adam Armstrong, you know, he had a few really good known spells in League One and the Championship, and and even then, you know, does he get trusted to to kick on? It feels to me like it's low risk, um, possibly big reward. Obviously, with Munez, it's an 18-month loan, which is very strange as well. Um, but it has to be around the first-team squad uh, by kind of the end of the season, or it feels like, you know, we've got another six months after that. It feels like if he's not around the first-team squad by the end of the season and he's nowhere near by kind of, you know, time when the FA Cup third round, comes then where is he what, what's the point in having him you know for the under 23s we saw last season a load of players brought in um always inter- interesting players like Fran- Ludwig Franchaletti um his name escapes me but Alison Maxim's friend uh, Florentine um what his name is now again came in free at the end of the season you know it's very difficult to come into a first team uh, to come into a Premier League club and part of the first team squad so temper my expectations. I've seen a lot of players coming in. Kevin and Babu, you know, lads brought in 
you know, in similar moves who don't make it. And it's very rare that they do. Ayosin Perez is one who I can think of who did make it, but very few of them do. And of course, not helped as well, I guess, with constant changing of coaches and management at the under-23s. Um, Gary Caldwell, he was always set to apparently go out, uh, but he has gone. And it's, you know, we've seen Chris Hogg go just before the start of the season as well. But some of that's out of Newcastle's control, I guess. But hopefully Steve Harper and his role can come in and, and sort all that out. Final question then, Mark, just sum up the transfer window for Newcastle United. Deflating, but kind of expected. I think is probably the thing. Look, Willock was a great signing and I'm really pleased that he's he's at the club and I'm really pleased he's there on a permanent basis. Um, but I think they needed to do more and they needed to find a way to do more um, to keep their heads above water. And I think what it feels like really is that it's very, you know, it feels like it's more of the same. And until we get a resolution with the takeover one way or the other um, and we get new owners in, it's going to be like this. And I think that's why when Rafa left a couple of years ago, um, it, it felt like that. You know, I have a, if they did change manager and brought somebody else in who changed kind of the feeling around the football club, which they could do, then we, we'd have some different conversations. But I think we know now their approach, the way that they feel about a lot of things. And I think we know that it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult this season to really muster a lot of enthusiasm unless they start to put some results together. Um, and, you know, otherwise it's going to be a long, hard season. Yep, just another one. But then what's another year for Newcastle next fans here? <laughs> well, we can hope. We can hope. You know, you never know. You never know. But um, it, it, there's a reason why they finished in a similar position the last few years. It's unfortunate it's because that's kind of their level at the moment. And um, hoping for anything different, it feels a little bit like a um, long long shot. You know, we've just got to hope that things like the uh, 1892 appeal, stuff like that actually comes to fruition you know we get we see some movement on things like that or maybe even the change of ownership um and then we can maybe look to a brighter future fingers crossed fingers crossed it starts with a win against manchester united and continues with a win against leeds and so and it on may do so on. fingers crossed because you know we don't need to fear ronaldo we have a preview with john gibson later this week looking ahead to that my united game i'm sure you guys will want to tune in for that one in the meantime head over to chroniclelive.co.uk Keep it with all the latest Newcastle United news. Thank you for watching and listening later on the podcast channel.